End of an era, Church Street Mall, Church Street Parramatta. Come on down. Remember, if you don't score there, you'll never, never score, score, is what we know. Oh, that's a from good the, slogan. It's a great slogan. How did Peter Wynn come up with it? Who came up with it? Let's find out because the great man is on the line. G'day, Pete. Hey, Jimmy, Angelisa. Very, very fortunate to speak to you guys this morning. Yeah, the old catch cry, if you don't score here, you'll never score. But it's, it's still the same. It's just going to be, if you don't score there, you'll never score when we make our move, okay? Oh. <laughs> trying to find what's happening. Very good. So, mate, who came up with that? I don't know. I want to, way back in the early days, um, we tied in with... Um, Peter Wynn, obviously, through my rugby league career and score, instead of naming the score, the uh, the store, <laughs> naming the, the shop store, we thought score might tie in with, um, you know, the rugby league side of things. So that's how we came up with it. If you don't score here, you'll never score. Ah, very good. So what's happening, mate? So you're not, you're not shutting down. You're just relocating. Why is that? Well, there's something a little bit more... And a little bit bigger than me, the um, Intercontinental Hotel is being built in Parramatta on the site that I've been um, in for the last 34 years. So I don't have a lot of pool, Jimmy. <laughs> right, I can't okay. say to go somewhere else. Right. <laughs> I'd rather this visit. This doesn't happen. Yeah, that's a huge development. Right. I'd rather visit the U than the Intercontinental. But where are you, where are you going? <laughs> well, we're relocating in Parramatta. But at this stage, I just can't reveal that because it's still in negotiations. But... Um, it's going to happen, and we'll be moving on and staying in the in the other CBD of Parramatta. And you've got a juice. And once I do find it, exactly when I oh, sorry, sorry, continue. Yes. Uh, sorry, what were you saying, Peter? No, just saying we'll, we we will like we will will locate once relocate once I have it all locked in, and just reveal that once it happens. We have a big grand opening sale, so I'm looking forward to that down the track. Yeah, what I that caught my eye. You've got a you've got a uh, moving sale. So it's pretty juicy. A moving sale and an opening sale. There's sales everywhere. Peter wins. Yeah. <laughs> sale, sale, sale. <laughs> oh, you have to, Jimmy. You know that you have to. Everything. Nothing's in the shop for decoration. You know, it's all for sale at the moment. There's plenty of stock there, and we've got up to fifty percent off everything. So everything's got to just got to clear it just to make room for you know, to get into the new shop. Uh, now, I don't want to put a mock on you, but ever since you opened your store, Parramatta have never won a grand final, right? You famously won in 82, 83 and 86 as a player. Give us an understanding of what it's like for Peter Wynn's score when the Parramatta Eels do go all the way to the grand final like they did last year. Yeah, I, I um, started business at the end of 87, so that was a year after we won the last premiership. I've been fortunate enough to experience as a businessman what it means to the Parramatta fans from that side of the fence in 19, going back to what, 2001, yep. 2009, of course, 2022, and to see the masses of people, the colour around Parramatta, it's, it's just amazing what, what loyal fans are, how dedicated they are. But I haven't, I've seen what it's like after the grand final, Jimmy and Jaleese, like in those 81, 82, 83 and 86, when the fans just keep celebrating all week. But unfortunately, Parramatta haven't been able to capture the title, you know, in those in their grand final appearances post '86. But I can tell you, it will be something next level. It'll be something you can't put words to because I just know, seeing what happens leading up to the grand final, the way that people get around the streets, showing their colours, blowing their horns, racing up and down Church Street and around the back of all the streets and down Marsden Street, you know, what they do to the houses, the donuts, and everything that goes with it, you know, it's just amazing. But so I really hope. While I am in business, I do get the experience of what it's like to celebrate with all the fans. If it does happen, 
So don't put the mocker on us, Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> you have the machine, you know, why not? <laughs> hey, Peter, I want to know what the weirdest bit of memorabilia you've seen, the weirdest place you've seen a, a logo or something that you could buy from your store. You know, I'll go, when people come into the shop that I recognise as being a celebrity or a sports person, I've, had, I've asked them to sign my wall over the years. And I'm yeah. fortunate enough to still have that big area. I mean, the likes of Jimmy Smith. Oh, Jimmy's been in there. But I'm saying people like I've had the Prime Minister, ex-Prime Minister Bob Hall come into the shop. Um, different, uh, who can we say, uh, premiers such as Nicky Griner, John Fade, Don Perrett, Hay Glasberg, Jeffrey, and Olympians, Jenny Thompson from the USA, Kathy Freeman. Yeah. Just so many names. Actors like Johnny English, Johnny Lockwood, um, Bert Newton's mm-hmm. been in, boxing fraternity, Johnny Lewis, Jeff Fennick, Hitman Hardy, different coaches, Kevin Cheedy. I mean, I've got such a huge list. I've been racking my brain and going around and searching there. Autographs, uh, Rex Mossett, you know, Freddie Fiddler, David Murray, Ray Warren, Ray Hadley, Andrew, and Bossy's been in there. Now, and Melbourne Cup winning jockeys like Malcolm Johnson, Corey Brown, Wayne Harris. That's just a Mark Bosnich, the soccer goalkeeper. You know, just different pieces that I've been able to see. But, you know, it's really hard to pinpoint something. I suppose we used to always collect memorabilia. So I did find a uh, Gold Coast Seagulls flag the other day when they first came into the competition. A <laughs> little bit of memorabilia from the North Sydney, a little bit of memorabilia from the North Sydney Bears, and of course, you know, the West Coast when they had that over there, when there was the Western Reds and all these sorts of things, you know. So, really, that, I think that's what touches my mind is that in 34 years, so much has happened. I mean, I was still playing back in 1988 when I first started yeah. the business, right up till 1990. And, just to follow the fortunes of everybody that, that I've just mentioned there and to see you know, the different people coming to the shop. And all the, every year we used to have the State of Origin team in the shop. The Queenslanders always visit us with Mal Meninga and so on, but I was saying at the Park Royal in Parramatta. Just so much history and it just keeps bouncing. I just feel so fortunate and so humble that I've been able to come into contact with these different people, you know, over the years. You know, Pelé gave me two tickets to the World Cup final in 1994 to go watch Brazil play against Italy. All these wow. things which wow. just keep jumping out at you, you know. So that was an amazing uh, opportunity. You know, and, you know, I know it's not the end of an era. Don't get me wrong. It's the beginning of a new era. That's the way I see it. Are you taking you know, the so wall? I'm so excited. That was good. Like you said, everyone yes, signed the taking wall. the wall. Yeah. Oh, are you taking the yes, wall? I'm taking that with me. I'm taking it. It's a big cupboard in my office, which has got one, two, three, four parts to it. And I remember when I first, remember Louis the Fly, Louis the Fly? Yeah. Great from garbage. The guy who actually invented that and did the sketch. He came in and sketched it on my wall as well. So I've cut that out. I'm taking that with me. So, there's just so much there. <laughs> so I mean, that might be the, the funny one for you, Lisa. Something a bit different. Louis the Fly. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> I think the um, great Australian author of via South Africa, Bryce Courtney, came up with Louis the Fly. Um, he was in advertising. He? Oh, yeah, he was in advertising beforehand. That was that was one of his. Hey, I want to ask you, mate, it's, uh, and bring it to the modern day times. We're talking about a CBA, collective bargaining agreement between the players and the NRL, and they're struggling to come to terms uh, of agreement. And one of the, the sticking points is around looking after players after they're finished. Now, you're a player. It was interesting to read last night. You were out for 14 weeks because of a head injury back in 1980, I think it was, and, um, which, you know, would be more common now than back then. I thought that was that was really interesting. Do you have a, a thought around um, how players should be looked after, what could be done for former players and those players transitioning out of the game that, that could be included in something like a CBA? Hey, Jimmy, that's a very good question, and it, it is a hot topic. Um, I'm a, I'm a um, patron of the Men's League. Yep. 
out Western Sydney, and I've been so for 10, 15 or so years, you know, and I often get to see so many guys who have played the game that I know that are struggling with their health, that are struggling with their finances. And I'll try to give it some thought, heavy thought. I think the only thought that I could come up with, I think you, you look at all the bargaining that goes on, all the contracts that are set up between the NRL and the radio stations, the NRL and the TV stations. I think what I would do, I think what should be done, if I was asked to put on the spot, I think they should put a percentage in that agreement that's put aside for former players post their career to look after people who, who have supported the game, who have played the game, who have contributed to um, obviously the financial revenue that's generated by the game. Put a percentage of that contract, pack that in. If it's, you know, if it's a million dollars, put, put 10% of it away, 100,000 away. If it's 10 million, whatever, yep. put it in a kitty that players have an access to post rugby league. Obviously, you just can't go grab it. Make sure it's, it's structured. Make yes. sure that it's done the right way. But why not? Why shouldn't that happen? Why shouldn't that be a part of the agreement set up by the NRL and the advertising and, and the big and the big players, the big you know, the big advertisers, the, the, the TV stations, the, the radio stations? I don't know what your thoughts are on that, Jim, but that's my thing. I think it's simple, that easy, bang, there it is. That goes to the former players. Uh, I think. Yeah, I just. I mean, I, I look at some of them. I, I look at some of them, mates. Like I just had my knee replaced. I've just had my hip replaced. I've looked at different players had both their knees done, had their hips done. I look at different guys who've done. You know, lot, lot head injuries. You know, a lot of lot is going on with that side of it. Yep. Why not have a kitty there for the for the former players to access? What are your thoughts on that? Theoretically, I think it's absolutely outstanding idea. Practically, it's it's harder to implement. Um, but that is the big part of what the sticking point is between the NRL and the the players association at the moment. Not only um, having that past players fund or or whatever you want to call it retirement fund, but also who administers it. Um, and and the men of league or no sorry there was a name change wasn't there um, people of league family league family family of league family, family of league, league yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and and so that's an obvious one as well but you're right mate I was talking to Jaleesa about it yesterday you, you know you turn up to we're talking about concussions and all that you turn up to reunions now and you just start going whoa 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 and you it's terrifying well you. Well, you mentioned about my career. I mean, I was on the crest of a wave. I came to Parramatta in 1978 and I was in, in first grade. After six games, or I was picked for New South Wales, you know. I was on a, ra- on a roll and all of a sudden I got head eye. I was out, bang, gone. Ended up in uh, raw at, down here at Print, uh, what is it, uh, hospital down in Sydney, you know, with concussion. I had bleeding of the brain. You know, I was, I was out for a long period of time. You know, I had a lot of headaches. I, I had swelling. You know, and, and I didn't do anything. All I did was run the ball up and someone thought they might take my head off at the same time, you know. Yeah. And, it was an illegal act of play, and it could have been, my career could have been finished there and then. I set out until I was right to play again, until I felt right to play. And who knows, in those days, who knows when I was right to play. Yeah. But I came back, and I was okay. I played for another 11 years with the, you know, with the Eels. And fortunately, I got through it, and I'm, I'm, I'm okay. But um, so many players, you know, the toll, it catches up with players. And I just think there should be something there for them at the end after they finish their career with a little bit of security for them. And I imagine it would have been very different back then, Pete, in terms of like uh, the contract, like how much you were on, that kind of thing. Like there would have been, if it ended your career, I mean, that was would have been quite a hit. It was. Uh, the thing about those days too, Jimmy and Jaleesa, is that uh, you were paid once a year. Like if you negotiate, whatever wow. contract you negotiated, yeah. you, you, whatever um, incentive you were given, uh, match payments, you got that on the 1st of November. So you survived for the 12 months. You didn't touch your rugby league money. So everybody worked. I mean, I was a school teacher. So yeah. my, all my friends were plumbers or builders or whatever. Lucky Blake McCrone had a pub down. He was just a publican, right? <laughs> anyway, so we all had jobs. 
we all had jobs. And then the 1st of November, you went, went to Dennis Fitzgerald's office, put the hand out, and he gave you the check. You hadn't spent a cent of it. Wow. wow. Right? So you were able to survive. And then, then as it went on, you know, that obviously changed. I think around about 86, they used to pay you twice a year, once the 1st of November, once the 1st of July. And then I don't know how they negotiate now, I assume, because you're full-time footballers, you're paid weekly. But back in our day, we weren't. We are just given one lump sum at the end of the end of the season. Yeah, amazing. And you hung out for it. Yeah. Big time. And you hung out for it, Jimmy. <laughs> well, it, it changed dramatically when I started playing in 1990. They paid you twice a year. Um, so that's it. That's how it worked. Yeah, but every, <laughs> yep. I think they pay monthly now. I think it's a monthly payment that the, the players get on okay. the 15th of, of each month. Hey, Pete, there's so many yarns there. Really interesting, your thoughts on you know, the the CBA and what could happen there. But most of all, mate, we wish you all the very best. We know um, you'll you'll ring us first to let us know what the location of the new store is. That that would be great. I'll see you at the sale, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, be, hey, I'll do you a deal. Hey, you know, if you don't score, you'll never score this game. But if you don't score there, you'll never score. Yeah, ah, very thanks, good. Pete. Good on you, Pete. Thanks for your time this morning. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Joyce and Jimmy. Cheers, mate. Uh, Peter Wynn there, Parramatta Reels legend. Lovely fella. Lovely oh, fella. Thoughtful. Nicest. Yeah. yeah, and he's always thoughtful. also so generous around, like with the media at that the time of the year, because yep. everyone wants to go in and get some colour, and he's he's just great. Yeah, but yeah, I'm I'm not saying he's not, but if I owned a store in Parramatta, I'd be very available to the media as well. I'd do it outside <sighs> he's my store. He's a lovely bloke. Oh, yes, he is. Vossie and Brandy here. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. Don't forget, you can listen live to the show every weekday morning from 6 till 9. Tune in through 11.70am in Sydney or anywhere in the world through the SEN app.